listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. I'm the most from the coast of the Eastern Flame, dropping more knowledge and litter on your New York pave. It's me, wonder why, in the place to be, certified as superior MC. While other explore to make it hardcore, I'll make it hard for a whack MCs to even step inside the door. Okay. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tales <laughs> podcast with your host, Rod Ed. And we're live on a Sunday noonish time, mm-hmm. morning time on the West Coast. Um, and we have very special special guest yes. um we have our girl tanya uh tanja from the cinema bun podcast and she's also working on uh well not working on it i mean it's, it's out right i mean it's about to be out wing chick which is a, a web that she's coming out with um tanja what's up i am blessed and highly favored how y'all doing you know what can't uh, complain making baby. it making it on a sunday <laughs> you know just came from Yo. target spent all the money at target you know how it is yeah um, yeah I didn't mean to didn't mean yeah. to i've been losing weight and when you lose weight or gain weight nobody ever talks about the cost that's uh, uh goes along with that because now you got <laughs> new draws new bras new yoga pants you like this is some bullshit so we spent all the money up at target uh this morning but uh like i said happy to that's be real. here uh, and how have you been with uh you know with the show with the podcast and then with the web series i mean you're a woman of many hats i am and actually the reason why we're uh we're having a pretty much a sabbatical of the podcast right now is because of my my web series mostly and my my many many jobs but yeah wing chick is in post-production right now so we're doing sound mixing actually last night we were doing some uh, adr and some you know the pickups and all that so it's fun so can you tell everybody what wings wing chick is about and uh, what to be expected yeah so when i always pitch wing chick i I say that it is brown sugar meets girlfriends and basically it's about raven who's this dating profile site writer and her friends which she calls the wolf pack the shenanigans that she experiences with her friends the wolf pack greer leo and tess and also the ins and outs of her dating life, as well as her complicated uh, best friend, Michael. They have that will they or won't they tango that uh, will be very fun to watch. That's dope, man. And how, how long did it take you to, like, come up with the idea? And, like, how long did have you been, like, working on this specifically? Yo, oh, man. I, I think I wrote this script, uh, the, uh, the pilot at least, or, you know, like the, the outline of the concept in like 2014. I think that's when I came out with it. Um, and then I fleshed it out as time went on because it is based off my life and an amalgamation of my relationships with, uh, with dudes and the friendships of the platonic versus complicated versus, you know, shaky kind of relationship. Uh, so it's, uh, Raven is essentially me. And as I describe her in the tagline, wing chick, she's the habitual homegirl. And that's me as well. That's well. That's kind of uh, that's cool that you were able to get your vision accomplished. What were the things that helped you prepare to like do this? Like, what paths did you take? Um, you know, whether it was like school, whether it was uh, you know, learning for yourself. Like, what what all did it take to get to that point where you can make this uh, dream come true? 
Yeah, so uh I wanted to be a screenwriter since high school, since I realized what it was. I've always had a love for film, you know, as a kid. And then when I realized, oh, shit, people get paid to do this, um, <laughs> you know, that, that love grew <laughs> substantially. So uh I learned, you know, about the actual craft of screenwriting in high school. And then I got into directing as well. Once I got into college, I studied film, media studies in college. In Northern Illinois University, it's not a film school, but we had a film program. And so then I learned a lot on my own books, whatever podcasts uh, was a very, very big uh, source of my knowledge. And, you know, the Internet in general, like the masterclass, I always recommend Shonda Rhimes as a masterclass for TV to learn about, you know, writing and structure, pitching, what, what have you. And that, um, that masterclass is one of those, is that one of those like YouTube ones or, um, like, yeah, not, that's okay. it. I think it's an actual website, like masterclass.com. And so it's like a, a whole bunch of masterclasses for different, uh, topics like directing, you know, uh, I think, uh, Spike Lee has one on there and like, uh, Martin Scorsese. Um, so it, it's like all kind of stuff like photography, what have you. And, and so, um you take all these these paths these things like to to try to get here you learn all the stuff on your own what was the toughest thing to learn so far in the process oh my goodness um well first of all wing chick was uh while i've been on many sets uh as a writer um i've never been on this big of a set as a director i i did direct a short film before a couple of short films before but the, the sets were much smaller so with Wing Chick, we actually raised money for our production as well. And so we had a bigger budget and I got to hire a, a lot more people. I had like my, uh, for the first time I had my own truck of, you know, um, of uh, materials and, you know, stuff to, to use on the, the set. And it was, it was a lot. Like I really learned on, on the floor, like how, how unpredictable the film process is. Like I knew that in theory, but it really, really is all, you know, all the things that went wrong, you got to be flexible, of course, as a director. What's it like being a boss? Like, cause then that means you have to be in charge of people. You <laughs> have to tell people what to do. Right. You have to deal with other yeah. people's shortcomings, you know, like, you know, it's one, <laughs> it's one side. Like I've always been an employee until I work for myself, but even working for myself, right. I don't boss anybody around except for myself really. Um, right <laughs> so so like what's that transition like to telling people what to do and stuff oh man um it's it's invigorating uh to be honest because i'm a leo so that's in my blood i'm not much as a a boss like a bossy person i would say but when um i will say when it's my vision i'm a control freak mm-hmm. so it's what what makes a good boss to me especially as a director particularly is having that balance of you know, uh, showing your vision, um, making your vision come to light, but also being collaborative because at the end of the day, filmmaking is very collaborative process. And there are a lot of other people whose notes you can take for the better, or, you know, you can, you can do your thing, but it's not good to be rigid in your view because somebody else may have, um, a different view, a different perspective than you, you know, mm. for example, my director of photography, who's like the director's right hand man or woman, and mine is a woman. Our set was a, mat- a matriarchy. I called it because it was mostly women crew. 
but uh yeah just just having that that vision of other people and getting all that together the actors their creative license so i'm i'm really i'm really flexible as far as uh, letting people have their creative flow because sometimes they can bring something that's even better than i envisioned yeah and i guess i would imagine that um you hire people or you know have people that that you bring on for their expertise anyway so it's like you don't want to have somebody on staff and then become the boss that listens to nobody and you know this is this is my creative vision everyone shut up you know we're gonna you know so so you know i would imagine though that that's um you know that can be the nightmare scenario some people get that power and it goes to the yeah head. yeah because that happens like that is a thing like those mm-hmm. there are those dictator dick uh directors out there it's not, that's not good for the set because everybody is stressed out the days are long as fuck uh you know most of the times people ain't getting paid a lot <laughs> and then for us they weren't i mean they were right. getting paid but it's low budget so I wanted to make it a family as much as possible, even though, you know, stress is going to happen, you know, things happen and that you're not expecting. So that's going to happen. But I wanted to make it as easy going as possible, especially for my actors who have to perform on screen and, to, you know, sometimes perform vulnerable things. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I want to make it as comfortable for everybody as possible. <laughs> Yeah, I always feel like that's a very male thing too, the, uh, the dictator director. Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. like it's so, it's such a trope that it's on TV. Like when they do shows about Hollywood and stuff, it's always that guy who's like, you know, what do you mean you don't know how to do blankety blank? Pull your titties out and do the right. scene. You know, it's just like, damn, like, um, but, yes. you know, but you normally don't hear those nightmare stories about women when they're put in charge, um, for some nah. reason. <laughs> Yeah, I th- and I think uh, Ryan Coogler said it too that he thinks f- female directors are better, you know, just because of the vi- the vision we have, the emotional capacity that we, that we have. Yeah, yeah. So and I'm you like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I agree. And you like, and you have to be right. It's like you have to be. You right. can't because no one's gonna give you a chance to uh, unless they feel that you surpass their expectations. You know, like men get a chance mm-hmm. to fail. You know, I mean, like. There's so many people right now in the game where they're like every project they have, either they lose money on it or it gets horrible reviews and they continue to get mm-hmm. more and more chances. But uh we like we won't have I always say we won't have true equality until there's like shitty women directors. Like this ain't equality right now. Yes. Like, right now we name all the good like we name a woman director we're like, Oh yeah, she made this movie and this movie and she's great. But when we can just yes. be like, yo man, I hate so and so's movies and this is her 15th movie it's like you know what we finally made it you know <laughs> right that's it because uh even with wing chick right our, our um our first campaign we actually had a, a pleasant surprise where uh kimberly stewart she was a producer of manchester by the sea and she was only the second black woman to be nominated for the best picture oscar wow. and that was after oprah and mm-hmm. oprah was it was for selma which was just two years prior so she was the first. Oprah was the first in 2015 to be nominated directly for a Best Picture as a producer. Wow! And is this your well, is this your first like major project that you're doing? And did you have to like crowd? Like, did you have to like uh, do crowdfunding or anything? Did you have to meet with people? Yeah. And how that work? Yeah. So we crowdfunded uh, for production on Indiegogo, mm. and um, th- that that's what we did in uh, 2017. And um, that that culminated with uh, me actually going to Sundance for Cinema Bun. I was covering Sundance for that. 
And um, that's why I met Kimberly Stewart. She was doing a, a panel for SAG uh, with a, a bunch of other people. And she was like, I'm the finance woman. So I'm like, I'm going to go to her because I'm raising money <laughs> for my my web series. So I did. I pitched it to her after the uh, the panel. She had, she dropped some gems. And, you know, I told her I loved it. And then I pitched it right quick to her. She gave me her card with her assistant. I shot my shot um, with her assistant, not thinking anything. And then I was at my, my former job, which I lovely call as the plantation. Um, and I got an alert on the Indiegogo app. And the next thing I knew, my, my shit was, it had increased a thousand dollars. And I was like, yo, wow. <laughs> like, who is this? And it said Kimberly Stewart. So she earned herself an associate producer on that series. Holy uh, crap. Credit. That's so dope. Yo. <laughs> Don't it always be sisters looking out for each other? Right, I'm about to say we support us. We support us. Now, now, now I can truly say, and I know that I'm like this, and I think it's because black women understand the struggle of being a black woman, right? Mm -hmm. And particularly if you're in a in a place of authority and a place where you can dictate what will and won't happen, you've dealt with a lot of white men swinging a dick in front of you, and you are like, "Fuck y'all." I'm going to help just like y'all be putting y'all unexperienced cousin that don't know jack shit behind the camera frame writing stories. Your uncle that can't draw doing animation and all that other bullshit. I'm about to do the same thing y'all y'all do all the time. That shit get on my nerves. And so I'm the type of person where I don't even know what sisters be doing sometimes. But if I read it and I be like do your thing. I don't know jack shit about what you're doing but he i put five on it because i want to see your vision come true mm-hmm. yes and we appreciate you you know any kind of support matters right that's what i said i put i was like put five on it i don't care if you did it on a yacht money team whatever mm-hmm. like <laughs> all that support it all the little bit matters like all that adds up and that's why we we're successful with our po- uh our production campaign and now we're raising money for post-production because we're in that now but we're also going to do the film festival circuit and we need money for that fees traveling whatever rap, rap party all that we're raising money for all of it because yeah we've been working hard and and it's because of the crowdfunding that we're even uh, you know able to make this and i totally appreciate it like i was super humbled like when I, that shit was over which it was down to the wire we raised our goal it i but i was crying like i went on facebook laugh and i was a hot mess mm. because this is very you know it's very very near and dear to me this, i'm telling my story this is my narrative which is priceless so yeah and it's amazing because so much stuff costs money right so like Mm -hmm. even when you're doing your like we're gonna raise some funds we need to be able to make this much money you still are still kind of going into it like hoping that these are all the costs hoping you thought of everything did you have any like financial surprises along the way where you like hold up now what say what now what's what's this gonna cost hell yeah uh Uh, like as we, as, as I said, like it, when I say film is unpredictable, it mm-hmm. is unpredictable in every aspect. And usually money is the, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Like I go to film festivals all the time and there's a Q and A, right? And somebody always asks about budget and the, the director, the producer, what have you are always really hesitant to ask about that because that's a touchy ass subject like nobody ever wants to talk about budget because nine times out of ten you go over budget and that that's the case with wing chick and that's also why we're raising money for post-production we did go over budget so i went out of my own pocket with a lot of the um the funds with production costs so recoup we're recouping costs as well as Mm. uh you know getting more costs for more more uh fun uh fundraising that's going to happen down the line 
now you know marketing and all that are you so are you like um gonna try to shop it and sell it to somebody is it something you just post somewhere like how does that work yeah yeah so our first our first uh road is doing the film festival okay uh so we're gonna do that circuit first uh hopefully there are some investors interested in there but whatever happens from there we'll also uh probably shop around like with some licensing but it's it's definitely gonna be online we're gonna put it up on on a youtube or vimeo platform one of those one or both did you ever think about just fan kind of the money like look we got <laughs> we got Yo. a certain amount you know what i'm saying i could pay off i could like pay off some credit cards you know what i'm saying i could just like you know disappear from like the internet yeah, yeah just you know just delete your just go ahead delete all your twitter accounts and shit like you yeah. did you ever did it ever cross your mind were you ever tempted <laughs> Yo, when that happened that's crazy that that you mentioned that because when that happened, I think it was like maybe the week up, maybe the day, that day that the, uh, at least the day that the uh, fan con was supposed to happen mm-hmm. was when all that shit blew up. And that's when we launched our post-production campaign. <sighs> so I, I'm sure people, other people have mentioned that is that shit like hurt other people who are asking for money because now they're going to trust like, no, none of us. Right. Nice. And, you know, I, I already have a problem asking for money or asking for help. And so I had to be pushed to even do this in the first place, to even raise money for the production. Because uh, I always like wait to the very last minute or down to the wire to ask for help. Right. And my friends was like, no, uh, which the Wolfpack in the show is based off my 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 closest sister circle of friends who I also call a Wolfpack. They they had to push me like, no, do it, do it. This needs to be seen because they had read my script and all that. And so uh they pushed me to do that. But, the, yo, the fan time, like, <laughs> that is insane. I'm like, oh, my God, the timing of this is nuts. Yeah, but, I, I, like, I, that was the first uh, thing I thought about was, like, how many other people were like, oh, I don't, now can I go ask everybody for some money? Right? I, yeah, cause I, I hope y'all know. Yeah, right. A lot, a lot of shit got pushed back. Niggas was like, mm, I might push this back exactly. a month or two because I don't want them problems. <laughs> Hell no, I don't want to be at the end of the day like, no, nah, well, I, I wasn't the founder. I was just a volunteer. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know, I just intern. Well, how come it say? Why come it say creator on your um, bio? Oh, I don't exactly. know what that's about. <laughs> right, they go, they go put that the cachet like right screenshots though right like oh um, damn nigga <laughs> on the days on the days of the internet i don't know why niggas even tried care what, right? what were you gonna say Mm-mm. the internet is forever ever like it is forever, forever. stop it forever ever <laughs> and and uh i was hearing you talking about asking for money and it's amazing mm. how when it comes to brown people and Come marginalized on. people they're afraid to fucking ask you That's can have you can mm-hmm. have somebody that body out here ain't got no experience ain't got no ain't got no script they just white and got a dream and somebody will say nigga here's some money get the fuck out my goddamn face yeah. you don't work <gasps> you got the vision you got the dream you got people supporting you and you still scared to ask for fucking help right. i think that's something yes. that's kind of been built in our culture mm-hmm. and the older yeah, i get yeah. the more i get tired of of us as uh, of us being afraid to ask because people nobody can help you if they don't know you need help right. and that's the thing that's a lot it. of times we'll let pride come up We'll let mm-hmm. the the thing that we might fail come up to be like, well, I don't know. But mm-hmm. my thing is, you mm-hmm. don't know if you don't try. And we want mm-hmm. we want to see you succeed. We want to yes. we want to enjoy the products of your labor. Like you're not. It's not like you just doing this shit it, out into the void. Like people actually want to feel represented. Right. They want to. You know, there's yes. gonna be people that 
when they see wing chick they're gonna be like oh i've never seen a story like this before and i needed to see it for myself and that's gonna inspire somebody else to go out and pursue their dreams to tell their story um you know that might help some actor or actress within the uh context of the show get on like there's a lot of stuff riding on these dreams and we are always told that we're under like we're you don't have the value why would i take a chance on you what if you fail you know like like uh chris rock said in his special where uh white kids get taught the sky's the limit black kids get caught the limit is the sky so it's like we're always worried uh, right we're always worried about what happens if we fail but what happens if you succeed and even more importantly mm. what happens if you don't try because if you don't try you do fail right, right. it's the only 100 <laughs> percent way to fail is to not try so you know i think it's dope that you're um you know and if it's gonna take some money from the community i mean shit that's what the fuck we've been doing our entire existence Come is on. the community been sponsoring shit to get shit off the ground so like that's nothing new and if 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 uh i don't want to say no names but like if certain people can get money from the community <laughs> to do this the horrible shit that they do and people Ooh. find a way to crowdfund and source their fucking like unfactual documentaries and shit i don't see any fucking reason someone should feel bad about wanting to put a good product out there that is gonna be funny that is gonna be uh you know representative of a lot of different perspectives that don't really get out there you know what i'm saying that's gonna center some black women first like i don't know like i but i but at the same time i'm not fussing at you i agree i i identify with it because i had we had it too like karen's like such a um such a um um a great person a great person to have in your corner because she is Mm -hmm. the kind of person that pushes people like that to be like get your ass out there and attempt you know if it wasn't for karen we wouldn't be doing what we do uh with the podcast the way that we do it it. because she was the one that was like you better go fucking build this shit i don't know how to do it but you can go build this and make and make and see you know so i'm glad that you had some women in your corner that were the same way because who knows what would have happened if you didn't have those women you would have maybe come down to self-doubt or you know intimidation and stuff like that when you feel like i never been out here before and yeah um your story is reflective of so many other black creative stories because a lot of Mm -hmm. us a lot of us have that inside you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like a lot of us have the like man i think i'm making something great or something with the potential to have an audience but Mm -hmm. i'm scared and i don't really know because if i you know i don't want to put it out there and fail i don't want to put it out there and ask for help when i should feel like i should be able to do it myself but look Mm -hmm. like there's so many white like comedians filmmakers whatever that aren't talented Mm -mm. and they sit around every day right they sit around and blame every day and they blame black and brown people and women and lgbtq people for the reason that they're not on like they they like they don't have anything funny to add themselves they don't have any talent themselves but they do have a whole list of reasons why because Issa ray got a series uh the world ain't fair and so you know they get that sense of entitlement that we don't get none of us sits around and goes well because i'm black i know i'm gonna get this tv show none of us (laughs) exactly exactly in fact it's the opposite right and you know with my it's funny because with my sister circle i'm that person for them too like i'm they hype man but like obviously when it comes to your shit it's more personal right i'm an artist i'm sensitive about my shit (laughs) you know that that thing is real and it does it takes somebody it's that pride that black pride that again i'm a leo i have leo pride so it's all that 
together. And it, it, it don't make no sense that we, I mean, it does take a village, right? right. Obviously, right. as has been proven by my series alone, along with other things that we've seen this happen, it does take a village. And I've learned the quote unquote hard way that that's true. I mean, I am not apologetic about asking for help whatsoever because as I said, filmmaking is collaborative, and I mean that across the board. Mm-hmm. Like, the people who donated to our campaign and the people who are going to donate to this campaign, they get credit. Like, they go get a special thanks right. because they also made this film possible. So, I, I love it. You know, I'm, I'm again, I'm so hum- humbled for this and that people are willing to give their money, whatever that is, or their support, their time, that y'all give me y'all time to give me a platform because I love this damn podcast. I love y'all. Y'all are my good mood pill on my timeline and my social media feed. So, you know, in this this trash that we call America right now, y'all always making me laughing. So, you know, it's it this 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 is just a beautiful thing. I love it. And I love us. And and Thank you, baby. Thank you very Thank much. You. And something else mm-hmm. that I wanted to say too is that when it comes to art, art doesn't have a value for the time and effort. Right. Like when you punch mm-hmm. a clock, it says you work forty hours, I pay you fourteen ninety nine an hour, and every two weeks you get paid this much. Is is mm-hmm. like you put in the work and you get a dollar value on the end. Art is mm-hmm. one of those things where it's no dollar value to it. And because it's no dollar mm-hmm. value to it, it's hard to get a lot of brown and marginalized people to understand that it's money to be made in these fields. And mm-hmm. everybody don't want to be mega rich. Some people just want to be mediocre and average. And Some people just want to be able to go. Like to- white folks. <laughs> some people just want to be able to go to target on a sunday and spend way too much money on yoga pants and underwear and not have to look at day balance and worry about is the car going to decline that's all i want out of life that's a simple dream <laughs> yes because you know at target we the target so we right. go up in there <laughs> like, podcast made that possible movies. okay black people made right. that possible yeah it did it was funny though because we was in there today i looked at that shit i said ooh. <laughs> Yeah, Karen said, I like a scroll. Like, Karen's like, I can get, we like, might can get this cheaper. I might yeah, can go to, I was like, we can get this cheaper somewhere else. I can go to Boss. I said, and you could, right? Right. right. I said, baby, baby, I got you. Okay. I got you. We're not going up in Marshall and getting no, uh, yes. FUBU without the patch on it and one strike. We're not doing that today. We got target money. Let's get this, let's right. get this money. Okay. Right. But it's, <laughs> like Ralph Lauren, but with like Donkey from Shrek. Like, like, no, like right. It's a, it's a lot. I mean, it's a lot i mean it's a simple dream you right. know what i'm saying but it's but it's a lot of white people living that dream right now because it, it isn't is. it isn't just mega rich mm-hmm. mega famous there's a lot of just working mm-hmm. artists um and yeah. i think you know we need more black working artists we need to be able to do that and if that means crowdfunding if that means um you know uh uh putting things out there uh and like you said going and getting a producer that you know you you had no no reason to think she would or wouldn't help you out and then boom one conversation it's like yo i like that young woman i like what she's i looked at her project i would like to be a part of this that's like that's a dope moment and i'm glad that people are doing that because we've always had to do that for ourselves we did and you know that 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 black woman again i want to also want to shout out my my producer like i hired her as a line producer i went on the internet again i'm a part of these google groups that's like within the industry or whatever i 
pitched my my wing chick on there. I was like, okay, we need a line producer. And a black woman by the name of Alicia Allen, shout out to her. She's a producer. She's an up-and-coming producer right now. She's doing big shit. She just acquired the rights to the Hattie McDaniel biopic. You may have heard of that. Wow. She's one of the producers. Who did. Her and her uh, partner, um, I want to get his name right, Aaron Magnani. Mm-hmm. They're, they just acquired the rights to that to the uh, one of the books uh, for Hattie McDaniel's life. So they are developing a biopic as we speak. So to have her in my corner, I'm like, shit, she's amazing. And she's like the mama of the set right now. And so when, I love her. She's always gonna be a part of my team, my village. And when and you brought up Google, you brought up Google groups. What what exactly is like that within the industry? Yeah. So uh, it's a the the one the particular one that I found uh, found her at is called We Are the Industry, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, a collective of uh, black folks basically in the industry and they have like brunches and networking uh mixers and shit like that and also you just get to post shit in the group like hey i got this project you want to help or hey i got this job you want to get this or oh i'm looking for a roommate and it's it's mostly la based but i think they also have some stuff in um, new york or atlanta where other film industries are um that's dope. but it's really dope and um i think like a lot of people uh like i think even Issa ray started on that uh when she was doing arca black girl she started on that group wow. and she got a lot of her village from there and uh james bland from giants uh, is the same way i think that's how they hooked up on that site and uh it's actually started by the the producers of that uh black love doc on own right now and they are really cool they're really cool people they love to be, pe- pe- get put people on basically right and you know everybody go eat you know right. and that's that's how we feel that's dope man and have you ever had yeah. to like um like how do you deal with stuff like because you know you're dealing with people we work with uh we done voice work like audio voiceovers and stuff and you know we have a dexter who uh shout out to shadow doll productions mm-hmm. shout out to dexter go to that yes. go to their youtube page shadow doll productions mm-hmm. um uh, Come on, Shadow Dog. I love Shadow Dog. Yes, yes. yes. Dex is such a nice dude. He's great. Follow on Twitter. Dex is wonderful. Live tweets all the all the he's shows dope. with people and stuff. Like he's he's a cool dude and he's a great uh person to work for. Yes, you know what I mean. So like um he like when we work there, like we'll come in. He like he's very understanding of stuff. Like okay, you messed up a line. Like hey, let's just do it one more time. Let's run it again. You know, not you know, it's not like cut damn it you know like like it's never you know what i mean like i didn't know what to expect yeah like that was my worst yeah my worst nightmare was just gonna be like you didn't memorize the entire script you son of a bitch what kind of place you think i'm running you know like but he was mad cool and Uh, and even with dexter like i can see like he takes on the weight of when other people fuck up as as opposed to putting weight on everyone else so like there's times we've been up there and like people didn't show up cancel last someone canceled last minute <sighs> things of this nature. Else to fill in for and he never Don't let that happens. frustration boil over into it dealing with anyone else like he always kept right. it like it was very compartmentalized like you could kind of tell he's like god damn it okay mm-hmm. so all right i'll figure this out okay so we'll get this person to do this part or maybe we'll we'll do this later and then this person can come the next time or whatever like he's figuring it out on the fly but also mm-hmm. like he's not then turning around and stressing us out have you had to deal with those type of situations now that you're in this yes. producer role kind of you know yeah absolutely as a director that's that's a great example with you know somebody who's uh producing or directing voice right y- y'all are essentially the talent right mm-hmm. so with a, a director uh, in addition to a director and a director of photography having a very close relationship, a director has a very, very close and intimate relationship with the actors mm. also. 
And uh, it's my job to make them, number one, feel as comfortable so they can deliver what I want them to deliver, which, again, it can be from a very vulnerable place. It is right. very intimate. So the aura has to be comfortable uh, for them to give me that. Um, I have to set up a space for them to be comfortable enough to give me what I want, essentially. So um, on a set, again, it can be very uh, stressful. And just like Dexter, I try to keep it covenantalized because I, I guess I'm like that at work, too. Uh, people would say in my reviews they they wouldn't they never knew when I was bothered. So like on set, I'm stressed as fuck. Like right. <laughs> because I'm like, oh shit, we losing light. Like oh shit, it's time for drinks. You know, like and I'm like, oh god, my anxiety is like going haywire. But from what people tell me, you know, they can't really see it. Like they'll see maybe that I'm stressed out, but I don't let it. Uh, like Dexter, I don't let it like go spill over to them right. because they're they're also stressed. Shit, it's like that creating that aura and that. That, 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 that air in the room, I guess. It's like a thick cloud. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if, if you're, if you're stressed and that, like, <laughs> you know, culminates over the set, mm-hmm. then everybody's gonna be fucked up. And if right. one person is fucked up, the whole thing is fucked up. And I, I'm talking about that's all the way down to the PAs, the grips, the gaffers, like all the people, like the extras, whoever. Mm-hmm. All of that, uh, is bad. It, it, it's like that crabs in the barrel, I guess, with the set. Cause yeah. it is like you, one part of the film fucks up. All of it can. And that's why I always got to give props uh, to those people that are not in the spotlight as a director or writer or producer, that top mm. three or the actors. They never get that spotlight, but they do make the film happen just as much as us. And also like putting this out in the internet era, the social media era, your own social media. Do you, uh, do you worry about stuff as a creative? Like while you're doing it, are you like, I hope people don't interpret this thing this way or I hope they let it play out, you know, because I, I, you know, one of the the things I see now with uh, social media and the immediacy of our responses, there's a lot of things in TV shows where the people have already thought of the thing that you're thinking of at home, right? But Mm -hmm. there's seven episodes. They're not going to take a conflict from episode one and resolve it within three seconds they're gonna they Mm -hmm. want they want to play at play with the conflict they want to do different things they want to have the actors do different stuff and then my episode seven it may come to a conclusion or whatever so like do you uh like are you ready for that if 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 this you know blows up are you ready for people to be like in your mentions uh like what you mean he broke up with her episode two (laughs) like i can't believe a black woman would write this like are you ready <laughs> yeah, man, I think about that all the time because I'm also very active in social media and I'm gonna use insecure as example because, you know, insecure, everybody all up in, on the timeline. That's a very engaging show, I say. That's what yes. I call it because it has people arguing, like it has people uh, cussing out Issa just because the character's name is Issa, even though it ain't really Issa Rae. Um, you know, and, and to me as a creative, and I think she feels, she probably feels the same way is it's actually dope that people are that invested in something that you created. Um, you know, obviously it goes to, it goes left, you know, once it's uh, popular, but I think that comes with the game. You got to kind of eat it up, uh, as it comes. I know it's going to come as we get more uh, viewers on it. Um, but as far as like them getting mad at the characters and shit, I love that shit. Like, I got into film because of how films or, or TV, how uh, that content made me feel. Like at the bottom line, it was because of how it made me feel. And that's whether it's sad, mad, angry, whatever. If I can make somebody laugh, cry, 
or get mad, I've done my job. Like that's nice. the shit. Like I can't wait to get into a theater and see people react to my shit. That's why I create. So you look so, are you looking forward to the cancel Tanja um Yo <laughs> You know what? And I said this I said this at uh on Facebook. I was like, as long as y'all don't cancel me doing sweeps, I'm good. <laughs> like don't cancel me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah we'll see if that happens i'm like as, as as much as you grow i feel like it's gonna happen anyway i'm like what old tweets did i put on it because i've been on twitter for a while right like not even just under my real name but i right. used to be cheeky so it's like and i don't have that account anymore but who knows right. who got screenshots in the background or in my cache right now oh, that sure. i say some dumb shit so <laughs> we'll see is is there a difference between working i um uh, you said that you have a lot of women on your crew and all that stuff is yeah. there a difference between working with women and working with men? Is there a reason why you prefer to have women there versus men? You know, because mm-hmm. I know with women, women work better with women in certain atmospheres, and women mm-hmm. have a have a tendency to be more compassionate, and mm-hmm. you know, like on set and and kind of can pick up on cues and understand more. Not that men can't, mm-hmm. but you know, mm-hmm. uh, all jokes aside, uh, a lot of straight men, you know, they be rubbing up on women and doing all kinds of foul bullshit. So I can completely understand no, why I mean. you like. Look, I don't want no <laughs> problems on my set. That part. Yeah, that's that's real. Like the the main reason why I I, I made this a, a matriarchy. So my director of photography, Madi, she she is uh, Madi Sella. She is a dope ass uh, a director photographer. And number two, uh, so one one is because it's a girl power theme. The, the actual show is very girl power esque. And number two is because there's not a lot of us in those technical roles uh that has that that has that has the um i guess exposure like it's a lot of us doing it but it's not a lot of us getting those opportunities because there's a difference between that because you know a lot of people get on the uh, social media or the internet and say oh ain't no ain't no women doing this ain't no women writers ain't no women directors or you know doing the technical roles like the electric the electric uh department or you know the the sound department and these these, the women are doing this shit they just they just not getting the opportunity so that's why it was a huge deal when uh able Duvernay did that for Queen Sugar, like with the all director women director team. Those were all already working women directors. Right. They just weren't getting shit uh, in the opportunity to do so. And so she started a trend with that, uh, which is crazy. It was because it was in the fucking new millennium mm-hmm. <laughs> that she started a trend because they, they women been doing this shit. Been and um, it and, gives them you know uh, so it gives them a chance to put uh, on a resume too. Yeah, for sure. And so I want, especially because my uh, my actors are different levels of the game. Like I have some newer ones, and then some people who already have sad cards. Mm -hmm. And uh, in a lot of the like my director photography photography, she's worked on professional sets, she's worked on indie sets. So she has like a lot of experience that she's uh, I've learned from her in so many ways. Um, our set in general has learned since this is a big, the biggest set that I've been on. I've learned, you know, more the the professional industry terms and how to do this, how to do that. Cause like with a director, it's kind of like a big picture thing, right? You know, you don't necessarily know, have to know all the details of the technical thing, but it's uh, imperative to know at least what everybody does, you know, mm-hmm. so you can, you can be able to be able to direct, uh, direct people and tell them what you need and, and the right jargon. So it's, it's very, you have to be very good with communication. And um, earlier you brought up um, the you listen to podcasts as well um, yeah. to get like some of the uh, <clears throat> knowledge of like working in the game and stuff. Did you have any ones you would recommend for people to check out? Yeah, um, I'd say like on the page is a good one. 
there's one called Script Notes uh, for writing. Both of those are for writers, and they, they just talk about uh, different levels of the game, um, whether that's pitching or writing specs. And I would just, I would say, just uh, listen to those like as you commute into work because it's kind of like it's conversational, but it's also you're learning, right? It's like coursework in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you just, uh, if you're if you're into you know the screenwriting game or learning about it, I'd say do that because they they tackle everything. It's so amazing it's really dope. in the age of the internet how much game people have given away, quote unquote, for free. Correct. But mm-hmm. I, but I love it. Like mm-hmm. like I really love mm-hmm. this era of time <laughs> where like people that are experts are out here like oh well look this is how you need to do a podcast i'll tell you right now you know and i like that because then people can go out and put out more because uh the hoarding of information has been such a hindrance to especially marginalized communities being able to get in shit because it's not that motherfuckers are more talented but they just know where the bodies are they know where the easiest lanes are they know where the history Mm -hmm. of things are and so when you have somebody come out and be like nah man for like you know three dollars on youtube i'll tell you how to fucking make a a fucking tv show all right appreciate Mm -hmm. you player here's my three and let's do it you know i I love that twitter is done that like uh, you know a lot of times i talk about the negatives of social media and stuff but there's so many positive aspects to that because there's people that like are fucking like authors movie directors and shit and they're just out here like let let me tell you how i wrote my book it's like oh let me pull out my pen and paper let's do this so yo that's dope Um, that is real so uh make sure y'all uh where's the indiegogo and then like where should people be looking uh to see uh wing chick when it comes out yeah so uh wing chick if you go to indiegogo.com uh right now you can search for wing chick and that's one word is wing as in chicken wing Mm -hmm. and chick uh c-h-i-c-k and uh search that it it should come up as the first result uh it's the post-production campaign because it'll probably also show our production campaign but it'll say that's ended but the first result should be our post-production campaign you go on there you can also follow us on social media um facebook instagram twitter snapchat all that uh we're at at wing chick series there you go man make sure y'all support yeah Yeah, and thank you before we move on what would be a tip or tips that you would give somebody Mm -hmm. that they're hearing you and they got a vision they got a dream and you know they're kind of at the beginning stages what would be a tip that you would kind of give to them like at all your experience that you have right now Mm -hmm. i would say go ahead and take that leap of faith it's worth it it's a struggle um there are a lot of challenges that come with it but that comes that comes with taking risks um and what i say because i have a lot of fear of uh I had a lot of fear of taking that that leap once I took it uh to go ahead and p- pursue my creative uh vision is that the bigger fear that I had was thinking back what if what if I did this uh so go ahead and create your own content we're in a creator's market right now just like in a real estate there's a buyer and a seller's market there is a this is a creator's market because the platforms that we have the, the access that we have to show to show people who are of in, influence right and somebody of influence can see our product uh you just put it online you can shoot with an iphone whether you shoot with an iphone or you shoot with the the biggest you know camera out like the, the aria the red you know if you have a bigger production so if you shoot with uh with any of those it's de- it depends on what your what your narrative is and you're telling your true your true authentic story you should get some good responses to it mm. all right well look 
let's get into our segments all right because we got uh we still have you know stuff to talk about guys make sure you support our girl tanja okay mm-hmm. she out here trying to trying to live the dream okay and i yeah. feel like we can throw, throw five on it and uh mm-hmm. and help make these dreams come true man um thank you so much no problem now let's get into our segments all right we talked for a while i'm just gonna get straight into the segments i'm skipping the news and we're gonna go straight into fucking with black people okay guys just fucking with those black people we're just fucking with those blacks we're just fucking with fucking with black people that's right guys time to play the game we all hate to play it's fucking with black people the game where we go all over the globe we find different articles that make us feel fucked with as black people and we assign point scores from zero to 100 intervals of 25 today's contestants everybody all right let's see who's fucking with us um george zimmerman said he broke and he ain't got a job. $82.5 million in debt. A hundred. We can skip this. I, I give it a hundred as well. Uh, Tanja? Yeah, that definitely. Right. Honey. <laughs> Skipping the details. Um, let's see what else happened. Uh, House Democrats line up to vote in mass for a totally unnecessary Blue Lives Matter bill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What? To- yeah yeah they basically (laughs) overwhelmingly passed a bill in the house of representatives on wednesday to create a new penalty for assaulting law enforcement officials if it becomes law the protect and serve act of 2018 would make it a federal crime punishable by up to 10 years in prison for knowingly causing seriously serious bodily injury to a law enforcement officer or attempts to do so well they're gonna be charged doing a lot of white people in jail but we know they're not gonna because they'll assault an officer and get fucking keep it pushing Mm-hmm. Listen, like, like all Karen be all up in their face. Mm-hmm. Like what? Yeah, but we know this law ain't for them, so it's all in how they want to execute the law. Mm-hmm. And it's already a penalty exactly. for fucking them up anyway. Why do we don't need extra laws for the, for fucking them up? Right. Every, I don't understand this. Every <laughs> state already has laws for uh, killing officers on the books. Like right. now we got a federal law for it. That, um, ridiculous. Oh thanks uh we need we really needed that said no one yep um these blue lives matter bills have been snaking their way through state legislatures across the country for over the past two years as citizens have continued to rise up and demand an end to police brutality and the police went well what about us in 2016 louisiana became the first state in the country to make police officers a class of citizens protected under the hate crime law the bill was signed into law by governor john bell edwards who is a democrat uh civil rights groups have denounced the protect the serve act in a tuesday letter to members of congress more than two dozen groups including the aclu the human rights watch and the southern poverty law center called the bill superfluous and said it ha- would negatively negatively impact law enforcement's relationships with the communities that are supposed to serve right it doesn't make sense yep and it's also a bit jarring to see the majority of the house democrats including some of the chamber's more progressive members lined up to support a bill a total of 162 democratic members backed the bill while just 24 voted against the measure representative keith ellison who represents minnesota and has come to be affiliated with bernie sanders wing of the party voted for the bill as did arizona representative raul Rival- um and jan uh 
what is it swarkowski of um illinois you can read the full roll call to vote uh on the online but and, and, yep and this is why when it comes to allyship i don't believe it you're fucking mm-hmm. racist you're you're voting in racist shit you want my vote but you actually don't give a fuck about me when it's time to execute these laws because if you cared about the community that you were over if you really really cared and you considered these communities you would say fuck this this does not make any sense and they're scared because if they vote against it it becomes democrats vote to support cop killers is the way that it's going to be spun the other way you know it's kind of like that thing where i told people about obama a while ago where people were like really shitting on him and i'm like okay but we're only looking from our point of view but the country's point of view is still a racist point of view so absolutely even and if we admit that even the quote-unquote good white people still harbor a lot of racist points of view Mm -hmm. he's also the leader of that country so even when he comes out and says something to us it's common sense like trayvon martin got killed because he's a black kid and he should still be alive the backlash from that across the country from even the well-meaning white people becomes why are you inserting identity politics what is this about race why i mean i don't understand why the president is even talking about this that backlash Mm -hmm. is real too and so what happens is republicans and white people in general have weaponized the other side of this to where no one's in favor of cops getting killed there's no that no one's voting there's no bill that's (laughs) passed that said the kill cops bill of course we're going to vote for that everybody's like we would hope that people aren't losing their lives we would hope police officers aren't losing their lives all that shit yet they spun the country into such a tizzy that the idea of saying no to this bill becomes um synonymous with the idea of saying i would like cops to die and there be no punishment that's how crazy the environment is so i don't even think like while i don't think they should have voted for it duh i also right. know that there's a cost to it that i don't care about like no I, i'm not running for office so maybe there is a cost to this shit that for me i'd be like um well i'll pay that cost like then i guess i'll lose my district and they're mm-hmm. pro- and a lot of these politicians are probably like nah i'm not gonna do this so. yeah and a lot of times because of marginalized people particularly black black people's relationship with this government they like to throw that patriarchy that 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 uh how much we love america i don't give a fuck right i was about here right. against my goddamn will you float on a exactly. boat because y'all was running away from shit and was like we want free i was came kicking and streaming and with chains on my motherfucking hands so my love mm-hmm. for the country and love your love for the country ain't the same so when they be like you don't love our country i can love the country and say it ain't shit too that's it and you know with that with that oh trying to kill cops or whatever they always doing that to divert attention from what we really need to be discussing which is there is there is domestic terrorism going on right now with these fucking police officers killing us like that so they just say oh black lives matter no all lives matter like no y'all know y'all know what the deal is and again those those well-meaning white people are the same they only say it in a nicer way it's like oh well but maybe you should you know not it's like what what the hell these are actual actual issues that we need to discuss just as much as anything else yes it's like um i saw pictures of van jones who went to this like criminal reform uh summit and he took pictures with some trump people um and he was like you know all up in the video smiling and kicking it with him um and i don't know if this happened at the same place but he also had a picture online with him chilling with candace owens smiling and shit Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. which the the first two 
i kind of understand but i think that tactic's not gonna work and um he's one of those people that really believes in this idea of like we can come together bipartisanship uh both sides of the aisle are complicit in da 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 i i'm not a firm believer in that and i think he's mm-hmm. ultimately going to be proven wrong and it will be fruitless but i think he does genuinely okay. believe that um taking a picture with candace owens and all that, that that's just stupid on his part i, I there, to me that's indefensible um but yeah. i'm sure people will come up with a defense for it but um i do feel like there's some you know validity to the idea of um of of like we have to go where the power is and the power is da 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 but stuff like this tells me that y'all don't care about black people that are, would even be in congress that would even be in the state of Rep- representatives uh um, um the what do you call it, house of representatives um y- y'all don't care about your black voter base y'all don't like this is the kind of shit that makes me be like so then you would sell us out quick as you could get for the white people that are never coming over to you you know because who are the white people that would be offended by this by you not voting for this and then turn to republicanism or be like well i don't want you to represent me anymore who are those white people because if they're white people that were voting for you already then that's kind of weird and if they're like what was like how did that happen and if they're white people that weren't voting for you dude they're never coming back like you didn't convince anyone that you're now um pro-cop anti-black lives matter because you voted for this it won't work on anyone the only people you convinced that that's true are black people who won't want to vote for you now so mm-hmm. stu- it's, it's democrats exactly and then and then the outreach that they do is fake as fuck right it's just those talking points so oh yeah i can nay nay and dad or whatever like, right. it's, like it's nothing like actually going into community and listening to our issues and ridiculous what we really need and want ridiculous man uh anyway mm-hmm. 100 from me karen same all right Tanya. the same <laughs> right. after his white female co-star called him the n-word during filming a black male porn star is suing his former employer Mm-hmm. so she called him the n-word twice during the scene without his permissage uh footage of the incident appeared in a porn video online of course doing my research i did watch the video okay, okay. i had to make sure yeah um you know now i may have watched it before i knew about the controversy but that that doesn't matter okay the point is research was done i'm a point of sore and i have to make sure that i'm always up on the latest uh trends so maurice mcknight who goes by the name mo the monster filed a lawsuit against df productions and his former supervisor james camp in los angeles county superior court on thursday the lawsuit alleges that during the filming on a july 12 2017 direct um uh director camp asked mcknight on two occasions if he would consent to being called the n-word during filming by his white co-star and both times he refused okay okay i told him no i don't like that i don't like the word mcknight told buzzfeed news on thursday he said camp told him that fans enjoy hearing the word during porn i still don't like it mcknight said uh he replied right you can hire somebody that that will consider this and it ain't me right it also sounds like he waited till filming to pull this one on him you know what i mean like uh now that that your balls deep um i have some changes to the script like nah nigga what is this (laughs) nah that ain't how this works yeah (laughs) what is this (laughs) um i said i don't so he then goes on to say that his co-star uh ryan connor uh uh whose real name is deborah hinkle uh was okay with saying it 
but she's a white woman so a white woman is okay with saying the n-word now i do now it may have put her in a bad position too right because she's at work too right right exactly because yeah. i've you know i've seen many scenes with ryan connor and i've never seen her do this before uh, uh-huh. so it you know so it's kind of like a the director demanded this because he said the fans <clears throat> wanted to see it and then mm. you know she's like well i'll say it if that's what you you know if that's what you say <laughs> you want me to do and the black dude's like well actually nah i actually don't want to want it you well, know and that should have been the end of it he said i don't that should have been the end of it yep he said i said i don't care if she's okay with it i don't like the word and i'm not down with it um yeah he's been working in the industry for nine years he also said that hinkle was standing next to the director booth uh both times that he refused so she knew that he didn't want her to say it all right mm. however during the filming of his ejaculation aka the money shot hinkle can be heard saying the word twice oh mm. so she waited right until he was about to come oh <laughs> that's so that dirty like no that's so dirty because that's the one thing you can't stop <laughs> like you can't be like exactly. oh, excuse me excuse me so it's like oh he came because she right <laughs> oh my god oh my god um, oh that is fucked up in she so many ways said, she said give me that nigger load give me all that nigger come no in the video uploaded to dogfart.com a porn company run by df productions hinkle did not immediately respond to buzzfeed news request for comment of course not she don't want to she don't she huh. she didn't expect it to blow up she didn't expect to be in the paper for this uh the usually n word in the workplace is considered by courts and our society the most official racial slur not imaginable said mcknight's lawyer dan gillian it embodies the evil of racism unfortunately dog fart makes a lot of money catering to races in our society so they they were willing to dupe mo into performing this scene knowing ryan connor planned on using this vulgar language it's unclear if the video is still available on the network which specializes in interracial videos yeah that was wild is that there's a lot of interracial porn in the world it is it's not a bunch of people yeah. calling each other niggers though no it's not. exactly like, i feel like this is gonna be like number one in the cocoa community though like they gonna like live it is oh oh <laughs> now that they know listen now yeah. that they know he wasn't down and that right? was exactly when he came they're gonna watch this video a million times now like oh yeah. this is my favorite one he didn't even like uh-huh. it it's gonna it's gonna top the charts this is trash right. trash like there's a bunch of wild shit in porn but you know as long as it's consensual between adults and shit i mean exactly do, do whatever you want like i don't even if you are calling the n-word there's a person out there that wants to hear that and there's some right. actors that will do that performance and get paid for it and have no problem adults yep. consenting have right. no problem with it at this point it's about the director yeah. on the scene being like i'm going to disrespect you and Trash. i right like that's the only purpose at that point because you know for a fact that he said no twice and you still mm. did it so yeah and and the fact that she would do it is fucked up too mm-hmm. um because she's like oh i'm okay with it like that you don't get the final vote though girl like right <laughs> you yeah don't, you don't get no that ain't how this go. <laughs> right. not to mention like um porn is one of those things where people are like everybody's viewed it but people are so ashamed that they, that the shame of it makes it like oh well, we can treat these people like shit right but they're human beings and they they have rights and shit like that because i've seen people online wanting to joke and shit like no 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 we're not going this right here was what we're not going to do 
he said no no means no that's the end right. if it was a woman you would have a problem with it just because it's a black man that doesn't want to be called nigger all of a sudden all the jokes want to come out but it's not jokey jokey time because that lawsuit is fucking real and i right. hope he win and fuck that bitch too right yeah. exactly like the me too movement coming to, um to porn now like what's funny though because oh, yeah. there have been multiple controversies in porn over the last like two years one of them started one of them the james dean thing started before the me too movement so which Mm -hmm. makes me think he kind of lucked out uh because he's still working because i that should have probably ended his career um because he's been it should have right right he was like one of the top dogs right but shit that should have been a rat and i mean i blame white women for that one because um oh yeah they love him yeah white (laughs) and like not the porn actresses but the white um media women were writing about him he had like Uh a a column where he was featured as the feminist woke uh male star and all this shit so they felt like an ultimate betrayal when it was like not him i'm like Uh yeah i'm like y'all had no reason to think yeah him too (laughs) him too <laughs> and y'all had no reason to expect that that man was on some other shit other than you were trying to justify why you were attracted to him and why you liked his porn scenes that's mm-hmm. it like and a lot of people you know like no no disrespect but people do that with a lot of the peoples that they they like you know it's cardi b is a woke intersectional feminist because i'm a woke intersectional feminist and i like her and then she says mm-hmm. something that you know you don't agree with or something that didn't go through all the right hoops to, to to jive up with your politics and it's like she let me down it's like did she let you down or did you put on a pedestal she didn't ask me put on exactly so, yeah that's what happened with that james dean dude you know like y'all didn't need to put him on a fucking pedestal he just he'd be having sex that's what he do and he might be mm-hmm. a piece of shit we don't know um i mean we know <laughs> now but i mean we right, didn't, I'm not right. <laughs> we didn't <laughs> know right. at the time anyway the point Ooh. the point being um uh this shit was uncalled for and yeah because it's porn i do it's weird because i don't know if me too is ever gonna come to sex work but yes you know they're not respected enough just like karen said like it it is a job just as much so yeah that's a valid ass lawsuit but you are you were harassed on the job like what's more um rife for a cleaning up than that industry though you know because what's funny is like they regulate other shit just fine if not better than everybody else come on stds they regulate that shit better than regular society like um even like uh you know despite james dean but a lot of stuff around consent they're better at than just your regular people out here having sex like they're like Mm -hmm. nope this is what the scene is yep. gonna tell these are the acts you're gonna perform this is what you got to do this actress isn't comfortable mm-hmm. with blank she doesn't like that uh it's one of the mm-hmm. it's one of the few industries where women can have like their own company producer studio yeah, women got the um, power website yeah. like i only do these scenes for my fans this that mm-hmm. and I, I control everything with my brand um and you know the internet really helped with that for a lot of people mm-hmm. and then you still have mm-hmm. shit that happens like this in it um but this is the first time i've really seen a lawsuit off of it and i hope he wins i hope he wins Same. too and the thing is you talking about the industry yeah they allow shit to go on in the porn industry that they wouldn't allow in a regular nine to five job if i right. woke up to walked up to somebody and called them a nigger i my ass be the first thing smoking the motherfucking hr so right. so i don't i don't want to hear this don't, it's not an exception to the rules because it's sex work it's still work especially if i said no exactly. twice 
you know uh he said he requested the footage be edited after he realized it was sold online in december 2017 and that the staff uh refused um <clears throat> alleged text messages published in the lawsuit show cable rosenberg the owner of df productions and camp insulting mcknight make your dick hard again and stop being a beta male it's getting embarrassing any more torturous interference and we'll take this to court rosenberg takes it okay you want to take this shit to trial is that what you really want to do okay buzzfeed news is unable to reach camp in rosenberg because of course they scared i mean Knight said black adult stars already experienced a lot of discrimination while working in porn right and he wanted to pursue his lawsuit to help fight against it i want that word and that was type of stigma to be eliminated from the adult industry wow yep and that's wild too because like like i said there's entire websites entire series dedicated Mm -hmm. to interracial sex it is and they don't cross they don't like cross that line into like it's just some white woman calling everybody nigger Mm -mm. you know what i mean like like you can imply a lot of shit people i don't really judge people's fetishes because you like what you like and and as long as it's it's not somebody being hurt or someone being forced to do something right who cares you know what i'm saying people sign up for some wild shit but but to know that the industry is actively out there being like uh wow what a pussy to get get so worried about being called a nigger i can't believe you as a white man i just don't understand why the hell you would be so sensitive like nah bro see you in court right and it's not yours to say like i said it ain't hers to get a vote it ain't his to say what he should feel about it yeah and it is an industry where like they really will be like don't call this woman a bitch she doesn't like that or come on don't like they have like that shit is in the industry too uh, exactly trash trash so come on all right anyway uh zero to a hundred oh that's a hundred uh, uh for them and like you yeah. say the women have the control so yeah. women can tell you what they can and cannot do right. so why can't the males in the industry who actually you're just a fucking prop right. for, particularly for straight porn the dick is a prop right you know you're just some man imagining it is his but but you you might as well be a dildo and so they have rights you know too and like you said the woman can tell you can say what you will call her what you won't call her how you gonna pull her hair if you gonna smack her in the face that act like she she has total uh control of her body so right. yes i hope he sues and i hope he wins yeah idealistically because i know some sets are still fucked up for women but oh yes they are you know what i'm saying like of course the industry yeah. pay it it does promote itself as like well the women run things and then you hear some mm-hmm. shit like this and you're like do they uh or did that or, or or was it that because women run things uh ryan connor was out here calling people nigger like what you gonna do yeah and, and also they take advantage of particularly younger women that's right. why a lot of this porn is yes. targeted towards yes. the 18 and 19 year olds right. all yep. that's trying to be funny yep. because they know your lack of knowledge a lot of those mm-hmm. women that have control of yep. their bodies they're older women where they go with well, you yep. ain't gonna do well this is an older woman yeah, exactly. that, that said this shit too so that's wild um mm-hmm. that's a shame Yep. Damn. Um, what about you, Tanja? Zero to a hundred. Yeah, hundred plus. Like Jesus. Yeah, that's <laughs> a, a hundred for me too. Oh. Uh, that's the sad part is that everybody, because like people didn't know that this was a problem until just now, because the scene came wow. out in December. He said, so that means people have been jacking off to that part. Uh, like yeah, yeah. people been coming to that part specifically. Like yes, and that's really the one part that he was like, what the fuck so <laughs> right like no <laughs> they cut that part of the video out like that the video ends abruptly like he look at the camera like man what the fuck was the end cut 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 yeah the end of the scene that's it uh, bad editing right we took him choking the cameraman out come on 
all right let's okay get, let's get to some, say uh, we took him knocking out the lights and and fucking up the production crew we took that <laughs> the off the whole set right right <laughs> running that motherfucker down he gotta start a hashtag man i'm gonna go with bbc bbc too that's what he's gonna have to do <laughs> Yes, that's it. You heard it here first, y'all. Right, it's gonna be a whole lot of black actors coming out. Like me too, man. They got me on the set. Yo, Uh, I can't. Why don't I remember that? Oh, I work with Spring Thomas, and I didn't even know she was gonna do that. That's a scumbag (laughs) reference. All my old school scumbags on the top. All right, guys, let's go to guess the race. Now that it's time for some guess the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. Now that it's time for some guest the race. That's right, it's guest the race time. That's right, it's time for guest the race. The number one game show going across all of podcast land where we read and play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our guest today, Tanja, to guess the race. And Karen plus the Ooh. chat room play along and they are all racist all right ah, let's get into oh some shit. guessing and some racing uh our first uh guest the race is a doctor who made music videos in the operating room she is now facing several malpractice suits music video in the operation video. room what kind of music was she playing uh, wait what play, exactly what you give us a hint arrow uh, smith let me see dr wendell i'll see if i can play the video it's, it's loading in the background you know how these things go dr wendell okay. boots about a website calls her atlanta's most experienced cosmetic surgeon but a channel 2 action news consumer investigation discovered she also had plenty of experience dealing with malpractice cases oh shit uh Ooh bout uh, i don't know if i'm pronouncing this right uh refused to answer consumer investigator jim strickland's questions about several lawsuits uh, seven about seven lawsuits against her and more than 20 youtube videos featuring the dermatologist dancing and singing around exposed unmoving patients some show her some show her making incision while she sings and cavorts to the camera <gasps> they were probably knocked oh my out God. with whatever whatever drugs she gave them yeah they were knocked out right so you know they didn't consent. oh no right. they didn't consent to it oh they couldn't know i mean who would how would you even bring that up in the okay so we're gonna be working on your um on your skin um now will you right? sign this form because sometimes while we're working i will like you know kind of dance and play music and we'll record it put it on youtube so you know um you know how it goes uh so just sign here light work <clears throat> i'm sure your insurance will cover it you got some good insurance <laughs> i'm jim strickland consumer investigator for channel 2 wsb television you have declined a sit-down interview with me so i'm coming here to ask you if you have anything to say about the lawsuits against you or the youtube videos loading uh don't do this cosmetic surgeon walked away i don't know why this video keeps stopping and starting and like it's trying to start over okay. anyway do you have the videos uh well i'm seeing if it's in the news cat it okay. might play the videos for us um but the firefox decided fuck me um in the middle of this um dr Boutet. 
I'm Jim Strickland, consumer investigator for Channel 2 WSB Television. You have declined a sit-down interview with me. So I'm coming here to ask you if you have anything to say about the lawsuits against you or the YouTube videos posted online. This Gwinnett cosmetic surgeon walked away rather than talk about this. For cavorting for the camera on YouTube while slicing into a patient. You could not present a patient in a more undignified manner. She also wouldn't talk about the patients left with unflattering results. It's more like Freddy Krueger cut my stomach. Or the woman left brain damaged after eight hours on the table. And that was the first time I ever saw my mom helpless. What our investigation reveals about the self-proclaimed best cosmetic surgeon in Atlanta. Monday at 5 on Channel 2 Action News. <laughs> More at 11. Like, what? <laughs> so, uh, uh, this is black. Karen's going with black. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm going with black. And, and when I listen to her voice, I'm like, nah, she's using her good cold switching voice. All right. Let's check, um, let's check yeah, the chat. I still think it's black. Let's check the chat and see what they believe. Uh, black, get your booty to clap like this. Call my office black. Aww. Yeah, her name was Dr. Boutte. Oh, like that's kind of on the nose. Boutte. Sis took being the Beyonce of her field too literally black. Aww. What? Brain damage? That's not a race, dust daughter. Uh, will not hesitate to call the police on a black patient under amnesia white. Uh, uh, anesthesia, I'm sorry. Uh, twerking while working black, black. Dr. Pussy Papa black. Cut it, cut it, cut it. Black, black, Aww. black black that ass up black back that ass up black turn down the surgery for what black wow i, I bet you they wish <laughs> wish they did have amnesia i know okay um, well apparently guys you all almost all of you went black and almost all of you got it correct yeah <laughs> some of you did one of you went white though i don't know what happened there Ooh. i mean can we see her the video or something? i'm putting it on the screen this is her during the video they didn't hold the phone uh sideways so you know she's black oh yeah oh, right. oh yeah for yeah. real oh, she over there posing she did a rap squat like yeah what? she this is her over a patient that is uh passed out talking about that bitch is way too no. high you need to cut it yo she over there had ad libs in there dj Khaled was in there like that's crazy <laughs> wow yep insane mm-hmm. mm. oh man she took over for the 99 and the 2000 that's yes, it she did um a florida woman oh florida uh-oh oh. here we go a florida woman pulled a gun on a shopper who cut in front of her at Publix. oh shit authorities said a woman was accused of pulling a gun on another shopper outside of florida supermarket after an argument that began in the checkout line oh Our- shit it's not in the store went outside the store now see this is why you supposed to let the public person carry your bags out yeah would have eliminated the whole mess mm-hmm. all that the leon, the, for sure. the leon county sheriff's office charged 36 year old jessica mock with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon without intent to kill the tallahassee democrat reported mock was at a checkout lane at a public grocery store sunday but left the line briefly for a forgotten item returning to find a woman had gotten ahead of her cart she left the line she left in line 
uh the sheriff's statement says the two argued and the other woman changed lines as the victim was returning her car outside the tallahassee area supermarket mock then pointed a handgun at the victim court records do not list an attorney for mock guess the race that that was the name again i'm saying white jessica mock i'm saying white because of the guns okay time just saying white karen's thinking it over and and she's still alive and she's still alive right i'm i'm I'm, I'm gonna go white too all right (laughs) mock white (laughs) let's check the chat room uh the sign said ten items are less white oh (laughs) (laughs) she's like this bitch got 13 items you must where's my gat where's my gat um what white white uh white only whites are allowed guns in florida oh the truth hurts um uh why why didn't they get the black person next to me white white upset a rattler black uh white woman action news not bring a flash briefing on alexa Oh, I, I, I don't know why that's about to ABC action news.com slash Alexa. Then ask. What's the news? Breaking news. Flash briefing. I, I, I even paused it. It's still playing. All right. <laughs> anyway. Your auto plays like, fuck what you doing. Uh, I, right? I, I was trying to get to the rest of y'all guesses. Uh, let me see where, where I stop. Um, oh, white woman who will shed tears when the cops show up. <laughs> I don't know why white, I don't know white people probably call the police. I'm going black let me speak to a manager white and uh the ad had no stall either i don't know what that means uh the correct answer is white some of you did miss it though you went black is it showing on screen yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's becky for sure she's very yeah. white mm-hmm. she was out here pulling guns on motherfuckers at the damn and didn't that say the other lady was like fucking and went to another lane yeah right. she moved she got out of yeah. her lane like girl this ain't walmart you bring that up in no Publix, right thank you shopping that's at it. the ap motherfucker you better... um, all right <laughs> thank you shopping at okay. kroger's this ain't kroger's um, i know pu- Publix is like uh, we the imitation harris tita what mm-hmm. yeah yes <laughs> our day price is just uh-huh. a mess um all right let's see um we'll do another one before we go to the bonus round we got a little extra time mom admits embezzling four hundred thousand dollars from the nine-year-old from her nine-year-old son's medical trust what yes karen mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm like with karen stay scheming a michigan mother Ooh. has admitted embezzling more than four hundred thousand dollars from her nine-year-old son's estate cassie pruden rivera 32 of eden county michigan pleaded no contest <laughs> to one count of embezzling more than a hundred thousand dollars and is scheduled to be sentenced june 28th she faces up to 20 years in prison but based on a lack of previous convictions <coughs> her sentencing guidelines probably will top out at 20 months uh prudence prudent rivera's son hayden rivera has cerebral palsy uh permanent brain damage and other health problems according oh, to court records at a hearing that led strange. to the charge 
eden county sheriff's office deputy adam simon testified that prudent rivera received nearly six hundred and fifty thousand dollars on behalf of her son as part of a settlement after hayden suffered birth trauma she spent about two hundred and forty thousand dollars on a house near charlotte michigan that is owned by her son's estate but investigators could not find any other justifiable expenses the rest of the money is unaccounted for and nobody can get her to call them back prudent rivera <laughs> fan calling them niggas prudent rivera also <laughs> pleaded guilty look i'm just an intern i'm not his mama okay i'm not his mama i'm an unpaid intern <laughs> I, I his actual mama right okay I did a, not i'm a play cousin is it my fault for y'all non-existent uh uh people showing up right now i'm a god mama uh prudent rivera also pleaded guilty to one count each of animal cruelty and having unlicensed dogs both are misdemeanors she'll be prohibited from owning a pet for five years her attorney did (laughs) mike vick shaking his head right now like oh that's it her attorney did not right (laughs) right, okay so that's it she can just go back okay wow wow misdemeanors her attorney did not immediately respond to a message um uh she's missing she's listed as cassie rivera or casey rivera um uh, court records but she's being sued in civil court in connection with the missing money uh records from the case show that prudent rivera and her former husband higinio rivera who was a soldier at the time of hayden's birth sued the army after their son suffered seizures and brain damage shortly after birth um the couple eventually reached a settlement that called for the justice department to place more than three million dollars into a reversionary trust that can only be used by for hayden's medical care if he dies before the funds are depleted the balance is returned to the government another chunk of the money about five hundred and fifty thousand, went directly to hayden to pay for living expenses that may not be directly tied to his permanent disabilities casey pruden rivera was named conservator of his estate which meant she was supposed to manage hayden's finances by spending his money only in ways that directly benefited hayden but rather than deposit the money into a restricted account pruden rivera spent the money as if it were her own said uh ken odin who's an attorney um um and then they just recently got a divorce that was finalized with rivera granted custody of hayden and the couple's other son child protective services had previously placed the children into rivera's care on a temporary basis after finding animal feces rotting food garbage and dirty diapers throughout the residence uh according to court records wow she was wilding anyway guess the race karen white karen's going white what about you tanja man that that uh that name tripped me out the rivera but i'm gonna go white latina all right let's check the chat room white latinas community white collar crime target shopping spree white having more than a hundred dollars in a banking account and having a state for her son white so you can get some money from these daytime ads white passing latina white bad hombre with too much money white what white latina all that all this extra story equals white white madness white i didn't know i had to license dogs white the correct answer is she was white guys y'all the white people got it Oh my god! Mm-mm-mm. And uh, I think a couple of people. Wait, wait. Everybody said white or white Latinx. Now she is not Latinx at all. She's a white woman, oh. I think, who married a Latinx man and took she got a, last a black night. boyfriend um, haircut. She does. She got that fifty-three percent. She does have the cut. Yo. I won't speak to a manager right now, god damn it. She absolutely. Yo, that's it. Yeah, absolutely has to cut, guys. So there we go. She got that I date black man uh haircut. And, Show um, do. Exclusively. Like she she's called Right. It, she, across the board. She's Ryan Connor a few few brothers if you know what I'm saying, guys. Oh. Yeah. Thank oh you. my god. Mm-hmm. 
um all right let's go to the bonus round and we'll wrap this bad boy up um where's my bonus round music uh uh which one it's this one all right double the points and race double the points and race that's right double the points double the race bonus round guess the race so far both karen tanja most of the chat room three for three let's see if they can go a rare four for four Woo-hoo! all right we'll see mm-hmm. uh-oh um how about this one um which one should we do oh here's one lawrence county tennessee sheriff and captain arrested uh and accused of using inmate labor for personal gain what special agents with tennessee bureau of investigations and investigators with the tennessee comptroller of the treasury conducted a joint investigation that has resulted in the indictment and arrest of a lawrence county sheriff jimmy brown and captain adam brewer on may 8th the 22nd district attorney general brent cooper requested the authorities begin investigating activities at the lawrence county tennessee sheriff's department agents say they uncovered evidence that from 2015 to 2017 sheriff brown allowed inmates to be used for labor by various county employees at their personal residence or for personal business what so he took them off site mm-hmm. what is that right like, mm-hmm. they're slaves right that's what i'm like i hate slavery right i hate, I hate slavery. slavery i hate slavery this is ridiculous um investigators say sheriff brown uses position to circumvent the bond process for some arrested individuals releasing them from jail without requiring them to pay for the second for the secure bond as ordered by a judge the investigation also determined captain brewer had falsified timesheets and misled investigators as to the accuracy of the reported hours worked at the department on thursday um the grand jury returned indictments charging jimmy rex brown with two counts of official misconduct and one count of use of inmate labor for personal gain and one count of tampering with evidence oh oh, man that's surprised they actually had those law the law for the using inmate labor on uh the the books books. a lot of countries a lot of states have it adam brewer is charged with one count of official misconduct both brown and brewer were arrested thursday and booked in the lawrence county jail brown uh brown's bond was set at twenty five thousand, and brewer set at five thousand. guess the race of both of these men white all right what oh white right. man it better not be no damn sam jackson and uh django like it better be white <laughs> let's take the white. chat room white Hell no. slavery is a choice white Aww. white hooch holler hillbilly holsters white uh trump loving cops white enslaving the already enslaved white this is a white mess uh oh this is white mess the correct answer is and everyone got it white the saddest part to me is that those inmates was in mental slavery you know they could have just said not to do it karen you know how it is you know that's what kanye was really talking about okay that's it the mental slavery right they had a choice Mm-hmm. Like for all that time, nobody, nobody said no. Nobody just said I'm not gonna do all it. All them years, Kanye That's right. They, they didn't they unsubscribe from slavery. Like mm-hmm. they just didn't. I, I, w- I would like to uh, unsubscribe from the email, the slavery email chain. Thank you. Thank you. 
Speaking of ridiculous <laughs> things that need to be cut, sword ratchet this time. <laughs> On guard. Um ex-security guard launched a brutal attack on an engineer with a samurai sword oh shit engineer was minding his business Mm -hmm. gordon carter 32 selected kevin mason at random when he saw him leaving bae systems um in washington at the end of his shift last february and he ran at him screaming with the weapon raised above his head newcastle crown court heard that the 58 year old victim had noticed his attacker standing near a car outside the munitions factory um and was able to put his arm up to protect his face and head from the forceful blow mr mason who feared for his life during the violence suffered injuries down to the bone of his arm and needed surgery carter told mm -hmm, carter told police in the interview that he had hatred for bae systems which he had resigned from despite being considered at one time a model employee and said mr mason had been the first person he saw as he stood outside today well see this kind of explains why bae might not have wanted you working for them Come on. the court I mean, you know i mean kind of made the point for him <laughs> the court heard before the attack carter had targeted his hatred towards former colleagues cars and had smashed windows scratched or even covered them in paint while they were parked outside homes damn he took that shit personal one worker's bay window okay. at his house was smashed he smashed people's house window carter uh fairly oh i don't know his race but okay carter of Ferrier, <laughs> Wash coast washington admitted to wounding with intent and five offenses of criminal damage with a further three to be taken into account the court heard mr mason suffered damage to the bone muscles and nerves in the attack and can no longer enjoy fitness activities like golf swimming and cycling as he had before mr mason told the police his family and work life had been majorly affected by his injury right and it was his jack oh uh, yeah and it was his jack off hand Mm-hmm. Yep, he reported. Oh that man, too. rest in peace. Yep, yeah. she's like I couldn't even come. I couldn't even come when she called him nigger twice. What was I supposed to do? You're right. <laughs> uh, he said in a victim impact statement, my granddaughter said I'm not funny anymore. Aw. Oh. It really upsets me to think that this man had done, what this man has done to me has had such an effect on my character. He's hurt my whole family. Mr. Mason said he suffered in ways he did not ex- as he did not expect as a result of the brutality that day. The court heard Carter had been diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia, but he was he had respond, been responding to treatment. Uh, he had made claims about being persecuted by bosses and staff at the company who tried to kill him. Uh, Judge Amanda Ripon uh, ordered Carter to be detained in the hospital indefinitely and made a special rec- restriction, which means his release will be overseen by a tribunal involving a judge and the Ministry of Justice um so yep 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 that's what happened man wow. got a hold of a sword and decided he was gonna fuck somebody's life up mm. at random right so crazy like <laughs> game of thrones and shit right anyway man Tanja, tell everybody where they can find you all with no contract put yeah you can 
Sorry, go ahead. You can find me. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> you can find me at Embrace the J on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. My name, Tanja Stidham. Um, on Instagram, also is Embrace the J. Cool. And, uh, yeah, man, go out, support the Indiegogo for, uh, Wing Chick and, uh, support our sponsor, Shout It Out Productions. Go to their YouTube page. Uh, we'll be back later on. Uh, we appreciate y'all listening. Um, we still, for premium people, have to do a, um, uh walking dead recap tonight for fear the walking dead so we'll see you guys uh late in the night uh for the rest of y'all slow jam albums yeah the rest of y'all we'll see y'all later in the week uh looks like boss esports gonna probably be on wednesday this week so uh until uh next time i love you i love you too Mwah. <laughs>